We're all good to go, mate. Hello and welcome back to the There Is A Floodlight That Never Goes Out podcast. As always, I'm joined by Ed and Will, and I'm delighted to say we're joined by Alex Miller and Joe Cran of the Sheffield Star. How are we, lads? All good, all good. Very well, thank you, mate, very well. Good stuff. Um, in today's episode of the podcast, we're going to be doing a Sheffield Wednesday season review. Now, this is probably going to be a lot more depressing than the Barnsley season review, and I know the lads, um, Ed, Joe and Alex, are probably all going to have to say a few things that they didn't want to, but hey, that's the nature of Sheffield Wednesday's season. Um, kicking it off then, of course, Sheffield Wednesday went down on the last day at Derby County. I mean, lads, what was it like being there? It was pretty yeah. miserable, wasn't it, Alex? <laughs> yeah, well, so the nature of a press box is sort of when you go to an away game, you, you you sort of all the Wednesday writers and the press team all sitting. So there was this little row of of Wednesday, and amongst you know quite a lot of of Derby journalists and Derby you know staff members and and the uh, the Derby bench and all the extended players were sat in the stand right in front of us. So we were very much in en- enemy territory and um, yeah at the final whistle at the equalising goal uh, yeah it was a bit gutting really but uh, there, was, there was one point when, when I was literally just like this just my, yeah. <laughs> just my head on the desk it, I, it, the, 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 sorry, sorry yeah no I was just I, I, I haven't even told you this Joe so this is this is an exclusive for the pod so I had this idea when it was 3-3 and we were going into the, sort of the last minute I had my iPhone and I put put it on record just in case Wednesday scored because I wanted to get obviously people will know I'm not a Wednesday I Joe's a, a lifelong Wednesday I and I wanted to get Joe's reaction if if the crazy happened and <laughs> scored it in the last few seconds but I've, I was flicking through my phone the other day I'd forgotten all about it and it's just the most miserable piece of footage never <laughs> <laughs> never seen on the day that I'm afraid. <laughs> Uh, no, it was, it was really horrible. And the worst thing about it was, so obviously you got notifications on our phone and that for mm. for the Rotherham game because obviously that made a big difference to us. And when Rotherham went one nil up, me and Alex and the guys around were just like, well, it don't really matter anymore. Like the other the other team won't really be bothered, so that game will finish one nil and we'll go down anyway. And then I get a notification on my phone saying Cardiff have equalised, and I'm like. <laughs> Get up! Oh, I looked up and Shay Dunkley's just chopping him down. Penalty and oh, okay. <laughs> did it? Did, I didn't even have a chance to finish my smile. Like my smile was like halfway up my face, and I, oh no, get back down again. It was it was miserable. It really was. I spoke to Talksport after the game, and they had Darren Ambrose on the phone, and they said to me, "What was it like last time Wednesday went down on the last day?" And I said, "Yeah, that was pretty horrible." That and I just heard Darren Ambrose going, "Yeah, not for me, mate." <laughs> Cheers. Yeah, he was. He scored that day, I think. Wow. There was a sort of, um, I guess that was the only sort of consolation, I guess, that there wasn't that period where we all thought we would stay up and then it was sort of took away from us. It was sort of like a double whammy subconsciously. I, I guess that was one of the positives. And the actual game itself, I said to the lads after. I don't know how that's finished. Yeah, the scoreline it was because it, it wasn't a three-all game at all. You know, it, it was, it was rubbish. Really poor quality. Yeah. It, 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 what What were your words that you battled on your headline, Alex, or in your tweet? Something about dog and duck, was it? <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to do a, a, a preview of that game, 
between Derby, you know, obviously going into the last couple of weeks, Wednesday were the form team in that relegation scrap with a, a rousing record of, of two wins in eight. Um, yeah, I was I was going to call it the the red line versus the dog duck. In the uh, yeah, I thought better of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, moving on to more broad picture then. Um, at the start of the season, um, let's let let's not kid ourselves. Essex wasn't full of hope. Um, but you know, under Gary Monk, the Owls did sort of have a, a decently positive start. That was, of course, until he got the sack. Um, lads, how do you summarise that that first portion of the season under Monk? It yeah. was it was weird, wasn't it? Because I mean, me and Alex have spoken about this quite a lot. I genuinely think that if Wednesday hadn't fired Gary Monk, they would not have got relegated. I, I genuinely believe that. I think that the the sort of the confusion the carnage that came in the aftermath of that with Tony Pulis with Tomo coming in not sure if he was staying around then he did stick around and then then obviously Darren came in and this is not at all me saying anything anti-Darren more because I'm genuinely delighted that he's there I think he's an incredible mm-hmm. appointment and I think he's exactly the sort of person when he needs to take him forward but um, the fact of the matter is that the signings that were made at the start of the season were made for Gary Monk and the way that Gary Monk wanted to play. And I, I really do think that um, I'm not by any stretch saying I thought we would have challenged for playoffs or anything like that. But especially with the when it went to minus six from minus twelve, I mean Wednesday had a ten point week before before Gary got fired. Um, and I, I really do think that if if Wednesday had stuck with him over the course of the season, um, you know, fan anger aside, because that is something to take into account with the decision that the chairman made. The fans were absolutely over him. Um, yeah, it was toxic. And, and that, yeah, and that ship had sort of very much sailed. And I, and I do think that that was something that that the chairman took into account when he made his decision. But yeah, for me, and I, and I, I think Alex thinks the same thing, that if it had been a case of just letting Gary Monk do his thing over the course of the season, I don't think Wednesday would be in League One now. Yeah, I I'm not, it wouldn't have been pretty, you know, and, and like Joe said, the, I think fan feeling had had lurched quite a long way from from content. But yeah, I, I sort of subscribe to that. I think they might have just, having seen how the season went and, you know, the, the lack of quality and how tired teams were towards the end, I just think, you know, if you, if, what was it, you know, a handful of points, I, I just wonder whether, cause apart from anything else, there's this old adage, that footballers will hold on to an excuse like a life raft when they, when they've got one, and and the the conveyor belt of of off field things, new managers, all this sort of stuff, you know, it, it perhaps gave Wednesday players a, a little bit of an out. You know, I don't think that's every Wednesday player by any stretch, but yeah, and like yeah. Joe said, the, the the squad was built for a certain style of play and, you know, the case in points, probably someone like Izzy Brown who started really well in the season and then just, just didn't feature. And, and ultimately we may never know what the full story is there. You know, obviously he had issues with, with fitness and all that sort of stuff, but no other manager seemed to, to get on board with him. And, and Gary was the one who sort of just started to get, get a tune out of him early doors. But uh, yeah, certainly a massive, massive call getting rid of mm-hmm. Gary Monk and everything yeah, that I followed. Mean- I, I think, was it one of you two who wrote an article, I remember reading about Izzy Brown, he was saying how, you know, he, he would be open to staying, you know, permanently. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah that was me. I mean, I went well. didn't turn out how he would have liked, hopefully. Uh, you know, no, and it's it, the, the whole Izzy Brown thing was really weird. 
like and and that, like Alex says, I don't think we'll ever know the full story there. But I don't think I saw, and maybe I'm sort of looking back with Roasting as last time. I don't remember watching Izzy Brown have a bad game when he started. No. He, yeah, he, he he always struggled when he came off the bench. And I don't think on the flip side, I don't think I ever saw him really turn it on coming off the bench. But in the games that he started, he always looked, I suppose, a bit of a cut above. Um, and I still. I'm still really gutted that we didn't get to see more of the the Bannon Luongo Brown centre midfield yeah. trio because I think that could have been really really quality. Um, mm. But yeah, it's it's sad because you know I, I I was lucky enough to get to sort of sit down one on one with Izzy and he's he's a good lad. Like he, he was he was really open, really honest with me, and he said to me then like he he said he'd never felt and he knew you know it was a criticism of himself and he knew that it wasn't. Um, it was something he had to work on, but he always he said he always felt like um, he struggled coming off the bench. It just wasn't his game. He he needed to be in it from the from the get go. And I mean, you can probably count on two hands the amount of games he started over the yeah. course of the season. Maybe on one, yeah. even. Well, the Luton games, obviously Luton away. You know, that first forty-five, he was brilliant. He was class as well. Let, yeah. Daft talk about the second half, but the, the first half. He, he was scintillating. Yeah, no, um, don't please don't talk about that game. I've still got PTSD from that. <laughs> that, that second half broke me. The, oh, the problem, unfortunately, for much of the fan base, but it was the infamous tweet at the end of the season tweet, wasn't it, by Brown? Yeah, that corner yeah. didn't help either. Yeah, Rodham, yeah. Yeah, I bought that one out. Um, but now, um, just sort of unfortunately summed it up a little bit. Um, obviously, after Monk, we had, uh, was it 10 games on the Pulis? Um you know, what did you make of that? Because as a fan, it didn't... It, it, I remember the time when he was announced, there was obviously a bit of apprehension, but it was like, OK, he'll, he'll keep us up, he's the right man. But then pretty much from, from the from the get-go, it just seemed destined to fail. I mean, I think... in disparaging terms because what he's achieved in the game. Okay? Yeah. So that's my... my Disclaimer. Um, it what, However, a, any sort of fears over how turgid it would be did not cover. It, it was just that the style of play was really, really poor. And and that that's okay when you've got a team that's built to play that way and it comes back to that yeah. thing about we've already said. Wednesday and you get results out of it. Yeah, and, and you've got to have a defence that can concentrate, the you know, and, and that is dependable and all the rest of it. Wednesday don't have that. So, they, they, you know, I think the, the best in, in terms of style of play and, all right, results didn't quite come off, but towards the end of the season with, with Darren Moore, I think, and certainly with Neil Thompson when he went on that, that really good seven-game run, I think the, the more this group of players were, were given a, a little bit of freedom to go forward and, and try and create things, and it didn't always happen, but the, the more that the squad got out of it. So I think Pulis was obviously a, a, a poor appointment as, as it bore out. I mean, the con I wrote when he was appointed was, you know, this this bloke will, will keep Wednesday up and it's a great appointment. And, you know... It, it's it's a column that I regret, quite frankly. It was, but, uh, but it, was it was founded upon well founded upon evidence, you know. It, yeah, it, Alex. It, it, at least it wasn't as bad as my my story at the start of the season saying can people give Chancery a bit more credit based on the signings he's made. That didn't go <laughs> well, particularly well either. I think later on we'll, we'll rank some of the signings, but yeah, um, 
it, it, it certainly didn't pan out. I mean, the whole season, so as bad as we thought it might be, it somehow managed just to just mm. to get a little bit worse. Um, yeah, um, Ed, I think on the purely series, is probably the only part where me and Will can actually offer some insight. Yeah. But um, I'll, I'll, I will bring Will in, like, but, I mean, we beat you 2-1 at Hillsborough. Do you know how mythical the circumstances have to be for Barnsley to win at Hillsborough? You know what I mean? This, this yeah. doesn't happen. Um, and we beat you 2-1 and we beat you well. I mean, Will, how poor was the football Wednesday play on that day? Yeah, I mean, you got that really early goal as well, didn't you? So it, it, it was almost like the game was in your hands. You scored that goal, I thought, here we go again. You know, typical Hillsborough disease for Barnsley. But no, it was just, I remember all afternoon it was, you know, we played long ball. I'll not deny that, but you were trying to play long ball with just Josh Windass on his own up front. And it was just like, it was just, yeah, it was terrible to watch. And then when we got it down on the floor, it just... Barnsley were able to pass it around Wednesday easy and you know when that's happening you know something's going wrong and yeah Pulis just with that set of players it just I don't think it was going to work mm. I, think, yeah. I think the other thing to be said is that you know Joe and I sort of get whispers from within the camp every now and again and it just never clicked with the, with the squad in, in the same way that um, you know, Gary Monk was very popular Darren Moore it sounds like he's very popular but just basic things. He, he, he was getting people's names wrong weeks into his, his his appointment at Wednesday and all this sort of stuff. So, it, you know, it's it just never clicked. He, ne- he never connected with the players. It seemed that the players didn't weren't all that comfortable with the, the style of play. And, and it, it really, it was it was a, a sound enough decision to, to get rid of him early doors. There was a lot of talk of when it was afterwards, when it when he was gone. There was a lot of talk of uh, shackles off and analogies like that, wasn't there? From a lot of different players, mm. it was all like all the players were talking about how you know now we've been, been given a little bit of freedom, shackles off, you know, a bit more attacking impetus, and all that was sort of under Tomo when when Tomo first came in. And then... Do you think the squad has a sort of not a weak mentality? I think that's the wrong word, but you know they. I think they sort of a lot of them epitomise modern day footballers, and, and with a sort of purely who isn't afraid to berate a squad, um, you know, do you think that played a part in it? I I, f- I think I mean, you you say it's a bit harsh, but I don't know if it is because I do think there is a weak mentality there. Um, yeah, I was just I trying think, to be polite. In my no, I know, I know you, I know you were, but but I do think there is a bit of a, you know. The the amount of games where they've gone where they where they went up and still lost or drew, the the lack of games in which they actually got a result from a losing position, um, I I I think it's difficult to argue that there isn't a weak mentality there when when you have that as a, I mean that is it's factual isn't it that that's not an opinion like those those stats are there for all to see, um and I think the fact that that Darren has has gone to the sort of wipe the slate clean um, mentality. I think Joe's he probably agrees with that, that there needs to be changes there. Um, I think with with Wednesday, I think it, it, I mean, it is important to add also with, with the exit, there is um, an element of people saying, well, Darren's got rid of all these players, but it's not necessarily the case. Some players will, be, will have been released because they didn't want to stay. Um, mm. A good example of it is uh, I was talking to someone else about it the other day, Joey Pelopesi, for instance. Someone said to me, "Oh yeah, 
where he's, he's, he's rubbish. And obviously Darren agrees with me because he's leaving. Um, and, and I'm just like, well, you don't know that that's his decision. I, I don't know either way, but there is a chance that they said to Joey, do you fancy League One? And he's going, well, I've got a, a top flight club in Holland who were looking to take me on. So I think I'll take my chances going home, thanks. Yeah. yeah I mean, the Pelopossi hate is, I, I don't get it personally. Um, it's one of like, the, the worst things about our fan base. It, it was the hate of Pelopessi, especially the second half of the season. He was one of our best performers when he played, um, and, we, and we missed him. Um, obviously, we had like the period under Neil Thompson, which started well, and then mm. sort of uh, it was that, it was that February, wasn't it, where we had a load of games, and you know everyone was saying we need to win this amount of games, and then in this in, the, in that period, and, and we barely got a point. Um, then more Honestly, things. just before you go on, the amount of times this season when me and Alex have looked at other games and gone, right, nine <laughs> points minimum from this. Now, yeah. Maybe six will do. We'll, we'll take two. Two points will be good from these two games. Yeah. And it, like there, there was at least three or four times in the season when we were we were saying that. The worst one was at quite sort of just before Gary went when it was, I think it was Rotherham, Wickham and... Oh, um, that was... Who was the other one? Loughton, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it was looted, and we were like, yeah, we, nine points, yeah. But we'll take seven. Seven would do. And then we ended up getting zero, and then about a week later, Gary Monk got fired after a win. <laughs> towards, towards the end of the season, it was like after every defeat or every draw, it was like, okay, now they're definitely down. But just everyone, <laughs> yeah. else, kept, everyone else kept losing. It ended up going to the last kick of the game. Like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you look, you look back and you think, what could it have been? But the be all the end all is we, we weren't good enough. Um, but I, I do think under more, like there, there is that sense of positivity. And in League One, I, I genuinely think our chances of at least the top six finish next season, providing Chancery backs him, not necessarily with money, but just the plays he wants, um, you know, on frees and loans and stuff like that, is, is imperative. But I am confident. I mean, what, do you think Wednesday can Wednesday can be hopeful for a good season next season? It's entirely dependent on what happens in the next few weeks, isn't it? Because ultimately yeah. we have we we have no idea the the rumor mill, if you like, and and you know the, the conversations that Joe and I are, are having. Nothing appears to be moving, and I think Joe's made the point a couple of times. I think once playoffs are out of the way, that'll be when when stuff starts going because there's a lot of teams involved in that, and and when um, clubs can have a look at their you know, financial futures when it's confirmed beyond all doubt that all grounds next season from from ball one, you know that that'll encourage clubs a lot as well. Um, so yeah, I think it might be a little bit slow moving over the next couple of weeks. But I'd, I'd I'd hate to talk about you know what we can expect from Wednesday until we've got at least some idea of the sort, even the sort of players that they're after. You know, we mm. we really don't know. Um, so yeah, I'd. I'd I'm going to bat that one away, Adam, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, just before we get on to next season, there is there's something I'd, I'd like to have a bit of an insight into, and that is the recruitment process prior to Darren Moore being appointed. Uh, now, there was a lot of names that were sort of dangled in, in, the, in the face of Sheffield Wednesday supporters. Um, was there anyone who was close to taking the job before Darren? Um, it depends who you ask. That's the, I suppose that's the long and short of it. What about Thorsten Fink? Because I, I remember, I think Joe, you tweeted about. Thorsten yeah, so Fink, so Thorsten Fink was very much interested in the job, and yeah. and I know that he, um, you know, he put his name forward, all that kind of stuff. 
and then it just kind of fizzled out for whatever reason. And um, I think the interesting thing with with Darren is that a lot of people say, why did it take him so long to appoint him? But ultimately, we don't know what the process was. You know, people say he should have gone for him straight after Tony. Maybe he wasn't available. Maybe Donny were asking too much at that point and it just wasn't feasible to get him out. So I think there's a lot of stuff that, and I, you know, me and Alex speak about it quite a lot, like when we're doing stories about, you know, what is it, what is fair criticism and what isn't, you know, what is, is justifiable to go, this is, this is the wrong way of going about things. But then there's also stuff that I think some fans will hammer people for that's just out of, out of people's hands a little bit. You know, there's not too much you can do about it. Um, I think the retained list, for instance, is, is, is something like that in terms of justifiable um, criticism. A lot of people were like, why haven't they released the retained list? The season's been done for a week. And it's like, well, because they only found out five days ago when they, what division they were going to be in. Like, give them a bit, give them a bit of a break in, in this scenario. But yeah, with the managers, it was... It was. It just got. It got a bit daft, didn't it, Alex? Like there was just names being thrown out all over the place because someone ended up on the bookies list, and then it's like, yeah, it's definitely happening. And some of it was literally just a guy on Twitter had said, yeah. just bumped into someone who's wearing a blue shirt. <laughs> must be. Must be going to Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, the, the Wikipedia searches on these weird and wonderful names from across Europe. There was a. There was a. Point, there was a, a well, Joe. Joe helped me out with it, but I, I got in touch with a guy that had been linked uh, from from Sweden. He was a manager of one of the, the, the clubs in the top tier in Sweden. And I rang him, spoke to him about Sheffield Wednesday, and he didn't in as many words, but he basically said he was Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> and, and, like for, for a couple of days before, we, you know, we'd had a couple of whispers that this was the guy. So, it, yeah, it can be a bit of a painful job at times. Welcome to... Say, uh... like, honestly, at one point, at one point there was... Me and Alex were literally just going down the list, and we were actually making some progress. And uh, we're getting in touch with all these different people, everyone whose name got linked. And it's not often you make that kind of progress in terms of actually being able to get through to people. Um, but at one point, like me and Alex were speaking to like eight, nine, ten of the different people who were apparently in the running for the job, and every single one of them was like, "No, it's not true." <laughs> did, did you not it's speak? Like, to we just want one person. of them. Uh, no, so Darren, Darren, at one point, Darren sort of batted it away completely. It was only, yeah. I think that one, I'm right in saying, Alex, that happened quite quickly in the end, didn't it? Like, in terms yeah. of actually a, an agreement being reached. Yeah, I think the initial link came out, I think Wednesday had people watching Donny for, for a fair bit of the season. So the initial link sort of came out of that before, I think it was known that maybe they were or weren't, maybe they weren't at the time watching, you know, with a view to, to getting Darren Moore on board. And then, Everything happened relatively quickly, so it came off the back of the looting game, didn't it? But our understanding is that Wednesday had approached Doncaster the week before, the, the Thursday or the Friday before that actually happened. So it wasn't like a snapper point where we need to get someone in because of that, that nightmare at Luton. Um, it, it was going to happen anyway. And uh, yeah, I think it was relatively quick turnaround from, from actual first approach to, to them uh, unveiling him. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just I don't know what you were gonna say, Ed, but I think it's time maybe that we throw some names and give them exam grades. Um, yeah, I, so. I, I will I will act as the teacher in this scenario, and I'll ask you four lads for grades on these um, on these names, and they will be quite rapid. So you know, sort of maybe to spend ten seconds on uh, saying why you think. Um, what what are the grades? Grade. 
sort of A to you for science. A to you. Bear in mind these these are the lads that we're gonna be asking for to do exclusive interviews. That's absolutely fine. You can be as politically correct and as polite as you as you want to be, don't worry. Yeah, A stars all around. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think some some of them have left now. in fact, the majority. Yeah, we still, we still, we still want to interview him, mate. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> be as polite as you want. I'll, I'll give my honest opinion. Don't worry. Right. So, kicking it off, Izzy Brown. What grade are we giving him, Ed? A. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give him a D. Um, but right. nothing personal. It's just you can't give anyone who barely played anything more than a D. And mm. um, but for the first half at Luton alone, he avoids an E. So uh, a D. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'll give him a C. I think a bit harsh criticising someone who's not playing, you know. It's not his fault he's not playing. Uh, and I think the stick he got for that corner was a bit too over the top, so I'll give him a C. Yeah. Joe? I, I'm going to go with uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with a, a D as well, I, purely on the basis that we didn't see enough of him. I, I, mm. I am still genuinely of the belief that in terms of technical ability, Izzy Brown is one of the best players that was at Sheffield Wednesday this season. Um, yeah. From the, the the bit that I did see of him, but that being said, you can't really give anyone a decent mark when they played, you know, next to no minutes really. Mm. And Alex, come on, you give us the truth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I'll go with D as well. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of like a school report way of putting it, like <laughs> showed showed early promise at the start of the term, but one not Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Um, now, many Sheffield Wednesday fans pick for player of the season. Jack Marriott. Um, <laughs> Ed, <laughs> what are you saying for Jack? Um, just an F. Um, I feel sorry for Marriott because whatever it, is, it didn't work out. Um, and again, it's nothing personal. Just didn't see him enough at all. And he didn't have a first half at Luton like Izzy Brown, so I can't give him you know, the same as Izzy. Yeah. Will. Yeah, I'm in agreement with Ed. Like of the highlights I watch on Wednesday, I can't say he featured in many highlights. So um, <laughs> not that there were many, but yeah, no. I, I, Mate, I, I watched every game, uh, every minute, and he didn't feature him in the highlights. <laughs> oh dear. Well, I won't say the names now. I'll just presume that we've got the the cut work. So uh, yeah, Joe, and then we'll. Uh, we'll yeah, I, look, I. I... For, for whatever reason, it didn't work out for Jack at Wednesday, and it's an interesting one because he just like with Izzy. Izzy was there, you know. Izzy was there, and he was in training, and he, you know, didn't start, didn't get games for whatever reason. Jack Marriott wasn't there for a lot of it. Like there was a mm. period when he was back at Derby. There was a bit when he was, you know, Tomo just said he wasn't there, and when we pushed him on it, he's like, you can. What is it you said, Alex? He says you can use your own use your own common sense on that, something like that, something yeah, along those yeah. lines. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I think. We don't have any <laughs> Sorry. We don't have any Tomo. You're gonna have to tell us, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, did he have unfortunately personal issues? Then do you think is that what? Well, they they, he, they said personal, but they didn't say what that yeah. was. So it could have been a whole variety of things, and I I just don't think it's our place to. Sort of no, speculate no, no. that you know like yeah. so me and Alex kind of steered clear of that because it's like well if they want to tell us they tell us so yeah you know leave leave that with Jack in his private life but yeah it was um I think it's 
you, you can't really give him much more than that because he he hardly played any minutes. He didn't score. Um, he didn't really have that many shots either when he was on. Um, and it just didn't work out for him in any way, shape or form, whether that's down to, you know, sort of actual playing time or even just his spell at the club. It just just mm. doesn't feel like it was ever a good fit for him. And um, yeah, I wish him all the best because it's going to take some coming back from this. Uh, and and yeah. I can't imagine that he was too pleased with being voted sarcastically as player of the year either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I presume that your grade probably going to be similar to the rest of the lads as Alex, but but for Marriott, I'd give him an A personally. No, um, yeah, yeah. I think I think I think so. Everything that Joe said basically, but I, I, don't know, he, I don't think it was easy for him. I don't think any there's any notion that he was phoning it in or anything like that. But obviously he had a series of injuries. I think around the mm. January time, Derby had the option to bring him back. And it sounded a long time for a long time like Derby were going to do that, and then at the last minute everything sort of changed. So, yeah, there, there was a lot of stuff going on with with Jack Marriott, and yeah, but yeah, probably enough. Yeah, unfortunately we can't spend all the time basically doing every player in the squad. So I'll move on to some of the better ones, and then we'll round off with with managers and and Chancery. But some of the better players in the Wednesday squad in the probably the only portion of this podcast where. Wednesday night, so they'll get a bit of praise. Um, Josh Windass, what, what grade are you giving him, Ed? Uh, an A. Um, just because I want to give someone an A to feel a bit of positivity. <laughs> um, and I think, he, you know, he was player of the season for me, purely because of the end of the season. Um, he's sort of the only player who I felt could drive with the ball when he had it at his feet. Um, okay, decision making wasn't the best at all times, but no one's was really. Um, you know, got some crucial goal and assists, albeit in vain. Obviously, what happened, and also if you believe his dad Dean um, and his Instagram stories, you know, he'll he'll have it known he's staying. So for that alone, give him an A. Yeah. Um, I'd probably have to go maybe one lower bring Ed down a bit, give him a B. I think he was definitely one of Wednesday's better players, but, you know, I reckon I could have had a go up front at one point, so uh, I do not say an awful lot. Um, but no, like you say, he's definitely one of the better players, and if he does stay, sort of player I can see doing well in League One. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, Joe? Yeah, I'm, I'm with Will. Uh, I, I don't think he... He did enough over the entire the entirety of the season to warrant an A, probably. Um, but especially towards the end. If Wednesday had stayed up, it would have been in large part down to Josh Windass because the way he ended the season yeah. was so strong. Um, I think one thing with, with Josh is that he's such a willing runner and he literally just runs his bollocks off. You know? yeah. And you can see sometimes he gets increasingly frustrated that he's running and no one's finding him and he, sort of... The, 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 the balls aren't getting through to him for whatever reason um, and I don't think you can ever sort of criticise his, his work ethic or anything like that but there were you know I, I think if he'd performed throughout the entire season like he did in the in the last 10 games or so then you know he would have been a shoe in for the player of the season but yeah, yeah. he I don't think he did enough over the, the entirety to give him sort of top marks but he was definitely you know one of Wednesday's best players for for this season and for me the sign of the season as well from a Wednesday perspective yeah yeah and Alex I'll go a big plus um, people forget 
and it, it was a weird sort of tessellation, if that's the right word, even if it is a word. Um, but when that, that purple patch that Wednesday had under Tomo, Josh wasn't in the team at that point. You know, he, he, he spent sort of five or six games where he was coming off the bench every now and again. He was unused sub in a few games. And then off the back of that, you know, he obviously came into the team and had the end of the season that he did. So, yeah, sort of echo what, what everyone said, really. I think, you know, if they had managed to get that, that goal at, at Derby, uh, a lot of it would have been sort of based around Josh Windass because he was, he was so important, wasn't he, towards the end? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, moving on to Wednesday's midfield maestro, Barry Bannon. Um, Ed, how would you rate his season? Uh, a B. Um yeah, I, I think, again, one of our star performers and the way he's committed to another two years, fair play to him. Uh, surprising. I don't know why he's putting himself through it, but fair play to him. Yeah, yeah I'll agree with you. I'd give him a B. It was uh, particularly in the in the game at Oakwell, obviously watching 90 minutes, it was really impressive, was Barry Bannon in midfield. And again, in League One, now he's staying. He's sort of player who you know, can make you such a good team in League One, having that you know, top midfielder. So yeah, I think I think yeah. we might end up with bees across the board. Yeah, um, <laughs> from from my perspective, but but Barry is remarkable. Like honestly, like and I, and I don't say that lightly. As a footballer, he's he's so good. I I generally think that um, looking back to when Forestieri was there, for instance, you look at him and uh, him and Forestieri. They're they they're the best two players I've seen at Wednesday in the modern era since since the. The Canio Carboni bit for me, I suppose. Um, but he he didn't quite have the the full season that you can expect from a player of his quality. Um, he he was really good in. I mean, I think Watford he was brilliant in the, the yeah. second game against Watford. He was really good, and then obviously Cardiff. That's one of the best individual performances I've seen of a Wednesday player in in a while. Um, but yeah, he. He never goes missing, um, and he really—I don't know if I'm allowed to swear—he really gives a shit, and I think that's one thing yeah. that you can always say about Bannon is that he, he genuinely really gives a shit about this football club. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. if he had a right foot, he'd be a Premier League player. It's as simple as that. Uh, genuinely, um, that's the only thing I'll do back is that he, his inability to use his right foot at times, and also his height. But you know, every time he, he makes a header. You know, you've got to note that sort of thing because they're a rarity, aren't they? I'd probably go for his choice of hair transplant clinic as well. <laughs> I mean, I, I bet he spent a fortune on, and he's got that Barnet to, uh, you know, to thank. And it, it's him shocking. and Fletcher went really at the same is. time, I seem to remember. Um, and to be fair, they, they've both turned out quite well. I mean, Stephen Fletcher's hairline, the way that's revived, it's unreal. <laughs> I will say, one of my favourite moments of this season, I think it might have been Watford, where... I think he wore about six different pairs of boots in the same game. At one point, yeah. he was wearing two two different boots at the same time. It was yeah, it was it was good that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alex. Yeah, I'll go for a B as well. By the way, I'm absolutely here for potty mouth crown being the bad boy of Sheffield journalism. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Um, Sheffield or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. B for me. Um, I think the first game of the season against Cardiff, there was no uh, coincidence really that when he stood out, the, the team scored goals. You know, it's like a chicken and egg thing, isn't it? But when he had players in front of him going at the 5 0 Watford, they didn't score. But yeah, when he's ticking Wednesday, are better. That's <laughs> that simple. 
Yeah. Um, and now this is a player who I'm only going to pick as the three best players for Wednesday scenes because when we had you on the first time, Joe, you said he was your player of the year at the time. We'll see how it's changed. Um, Tom Lees. Uh, I knew and... that was coming. <laughs> uh, I think B. Um, you know, it's sad to see how it ended. Um, he was good at, in patches. Um, his only issue, if Barry Ballins issues his right foot, Tom Lees is his ability to to sort of play out from the back, his confidence, that was the problem. Um, you know, he did have a clanger in him. Um, but no, obviously sad to see the injury at Borough and, and that sort of put him out of action. Um, mm. But yeah, a B. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd probably go. Um, I'd probably have to say C, but that's mainly because being a, not a Wednesday fan, the bits I see of him are when he drops a clanger. Uh, so obviously that that's in the forefront of my mind. But uh, yeah, I gave him a C. He's a sort of a decent defender, isn't he? But uh, yeah, he's not had an outstanding season. But who has it Wednesday? So I feel like I'm just agreeing with Will on every one. <laughs> I think we've had the same squad. Because I'm also going to see there was there was a point when Tom was the most consistent player in the side. He was for me, you know. I think I said when we spoke last time that he very rarely was less than a seven out of ten. Um, he did tail off towards the end of the season. Annoyingly, after me, Alex and Dom had all said player of the season. <laughs> Definitely player of the season. And then he had about four games when he had a shocker. Um, but yeah, he did tail off towards the end a little bit. Um, but I've got a lot, a lot of time for Tom. Incredible professional. The way that he reacted to having the captaincy taken off him was, was brilliant. Um, and I, he's just a good, like I say, good, good solid pro who I think for the most part of the season was was tidy enough and he uh, he's another one like he, he gives his all he, he throws himself into everything and he's not afraid to get stuck in and I think that you know it's very very sad the way that Tom Lees has left with his injury without a real send off all that kind of stuff because mm. he's been a hell of a servant to this football club yeah yeah definitely um, Alex B for me I think I'd put Lees marginally ahead of Bannon in my player of the year rundown so yeah good Good solid defender, like I say. He's the the end of the season. It's probably the same with Windass. The, the end of the season always lives sort of brightest in your memory, and ultimately that's the, the end of the season that matters, isn't it? But for such a long time, I think I used the phrase Tom Lee's is Wednesday's Player of the Year by a million miles on Twitter at one point. <laughs> obviously, that yeah, it was about the time that, as Joe says, he uh, he made us all look a bit daft, unfortunately. But yeah, I, yeah, without doubt, I think he's behind Windass for me as, as Player of the Year. Yeah, um, now as we move on to the multiple managers, I'll, I'll flip the order, so Alex going first now. Um, we'll start then with the first gaffer, and that is, of course, Gary Monk. Um, how do you rate Gary Monk from uh, sort of A to F? Oh, tough one. Um, you see, it's funny, aside, you can't take out that week, but you take out that mad week, you're probably looking at... See, I'd have to look back at the results, but mm. bear in mind oh, he was in charge of the recruitment, wasn't he? I... D minus. Oh, is that harsh? Let... Yeah, D minus. <laughs> Being the American uh, system with a plus and minus. <laughs> yeah, I'll go to Joe for a bit more of a scathing view, I think. No, you won't get anything more scathing for me, because uh, I, you know, as I said earlier, I think that. 
we probably would have stayed up if we'd stuck with him. Um, yeah. Because it's it, you can criticise the, you know, like saying there about the um, the recruitment, but would the recruitment have been so bad if he'd if he'd been in charge for it? Or we we'll never know that. Um, I think I'll probably go D because that one week, it really did cripple us. You know, that that week, um, you can never look at one point in the season and go, that's what sent us down because especially this season, there's been a lot of those. But you take six points from that week and it's a big, big difference in the season. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I think I'd probably give him a C. I think the thing with Monk was he, for me, I think he still had a lot to give. Um, I, I was part of that. He was sacked too soon, sort of frame of mind. And so for that, I think, like you say, you know, he'd brought in those players. You got to give him a bit of time to to get him as a squad and get him working how he wants him to. So I, I would give him a C. Yeah, and as uh, indeed, because he used to phrases like, you know, we compounded those mistakes pretty much every single interview, and by the end of it. You know the the mistakes have just been compounded, so you need to just accept it. Um, but yeah, you know he was dealt a tough hand, but he could have done better. But you know could have done a lot worse. Now I know we've spoken about him earlier, but I hope this is fireworks. Um, it's like the naughty kid at parents' evening. Uh, Tony Pulis, um, Alex. Uh, F minus. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say as well that decibel system that Ed suggested was an American thing? I don't know about you. But when I was at school, that was still a thing. I don't know whether it is like you lads. Yeah, I, no. Alex, I just think they're too young for us, mate. I think <laughs> we're, we're on the numbers system. Yeah, we're now, on Alex. numbers. So. Nine. Oh, I'll get me started. Yeah. <laughs> that was a long <laughs> School isn't hard as it used to be, I'll tell you, lads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, great for. But Tony's an F minus. Um, <laughs> Joe. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go F as well. It, it, obviously, it was grim. Like it was. Do you know the worst thing about it? I know we spoke about him earlier. Like when his first interview as Wednesday manager, it was so good. Like yeah. it was honestly, it was PR one hundred and one. Like he had us all eating out of the palm of his hand. It was brilliant. Like after that, after that interview, I was like. Absolutely no chance we're going down. Wednesday staying up. Like the, we're, we're not going to have any worries yet. It's going to be fine. Um, but yeah, the like Alex said earlier, it, they never really bought into him. Um, the football was was pretty grim, uh, and the results spoke for themselves really. So yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I think I'll be a a tad little bit nice. I'll give him an E, and that. That the sole reason he's not an F is for me is the team he was working with uh, simply wasn't a Pulis team at all, um, and so for that reason I'd probably not give him an F. But like you say, it's just I remember when he when he got the job, I remember saying to Ed, you know, it won't be pretty, but he'll get the job done. And I think everyone thought he'd get the job done, but yeah, he he definitely didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, Ed, uh, an F. Uh, Joe told me that. Um first press conference well he told Wednesday fans the two things they love to hear which is A you're bigger than United and B I'll bring back Kieran Westwood and as soon as he said that you know everyone was, was hooked but, and he, uh, all, he also referred to us all by our first name as well which is a uh, schoolboy but it works yeah yeah. was he Was he nice was he when you, know, you interviewed yeah. him yeah. yeah he was brilliant well in yeah. that one he was in, in, the, in the first one he was I remember there was one at Norwich when 
we just lost to Norwich and we played we played alright that game. Uh, it was at, at Norwich and we played alright. And he just did not want to do a press conference afterwards. He came, I think me and me and Dom asked about four questions and then he left. Really? None of it. He, yeah. he, he had this thing where you, you needed to follow up, because as Joe says, he wanted to get away from media as quickly as possible. So you had to follow up your questions as quick. If there was a gap, it, like you'd stop the breath. <laughs> walk off, he'd go right end of interview if you like it. Like, it was yeah. just a nightmare. And you, you end up sort of like spilling over your questions like one after another after another. It was difficult to get a rhythm with him, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he was very quotable, you know, which, yeah. which is aunt. So for people like me and Joe, it was a dream. It's just a, a shame the, the football didn't follow suit. Yeah. yeah. Well, the famous quote was that one. Was it after the, the Forest game where he said you can squeeze and squeeze, but sometimes the pips aren't there? And yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty damning indictment, that, isn't it? Yeah. There was a few bits like that. I remember Huddersfield away. That was my sort of closest to, to Joe's Norwich experience where we we were an absolute inconvenience. You know, he, he yeah. came out very late and, um, and spoke to us in the shortest possible term. I think I asked him, is there enough leadership in that changing room? And he said, well, what do you think? I was like, well, I can't, I can't really put that in the paper tone. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, penny for your thoughts, mate, sort of thing. But yeah, he was, um, yeah, he was very clever in the way that he dealt with us, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Um, moving on to the stopgap then, uh, Neil Thompson. Um, how do you rate his, uh, his sort of spell? To me, um, I would go for I'll go C plus, maybe a B minus. Um, ultimately, the only reason Wednesday were in it for for so long was because of that month or six weeks mm. when when everything was was going well. But for whatever reason, you know, they couldn't hold on to it. I think he. I think I'm right in saying he was in charge of both the best spell of the season and the worst spell. They, they lost seven in a row, I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, probably edging towards a C really rather than a, a B. But um, yeah, but like a, a bloke that I never got the impression it was something a job that he wanted to do. He was sort of sort of landed with it. Um, but yeah, did a good honest job. Clearly cares about the club. And and as I say had the best and the worst, so a really sort of a spell of, of two halves. If things had carried on for another two weeks, a month, you know, on that run that they were on, then, you know, we could mm. be talking about Neil Thompson, full-time Sheffield Wednesday manager, maybe, whether he'd have taken it, I don't, I don't know, because he, yeah. like, he hated the job at point. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll go see as well for time. All right. he, I think he, he really did steady the ship at that first point. Um, I think maybe... I think maybe the chairman held on a little bit too long to it um, and, and thought, if I change it now, is it going to make things worse sort of thing? But obviously after that Luton game, that was the sort of straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. But yeah, Tomo, Tomo did a really good job and the, the players love him as well. The players really do like him. We've got a lot of time for him and he's outlasted all of us. He's been at the club for like a decade, you know, like I think there's only probably like Liam Palmer who's been there longer. Um, yeah. And he, yeah, as Alex said, he, he he bleeds Sheffield Wednesday at the minute. Like you can't fault him for anything really. And um, it, it actually bugged me a little bit when people were criticising him when 
when the run the sort of the run turned and things weren't going our way it bugged me a bit because it's just like this guy clearly doesn't want this job like give him a break he's doing it he's doing it because there's no one else to do it really yeah 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 well yeah like say he was dealt a very difficult hand wasn't he and sort of did he did his best and at times that was the best Wednesday team all season so through without her you're on mute mate oh, well. <laughs> oh yeah, no no it doesn't say Wait. can you not hear me <laughs> oh dear Main so you know that's that's understandable. Well, oh, can you hear me now? Have I returned? Ah, yes. There we go. Yeah, we're back. Um, yeah, no, I was just saying he was dealt a, a difficult hand, wasn't he? And he he, uh, he did a good job. Um, you know, like you say, one of the best runs Wednesday went on all season. So I'd probably give him a C, you know, because he did what was also in charge during that bad run. But how much can you blame the guy? Who, like you say, was just kind of shoved there. We know, without really wanting to be there, so yeah, I'd give him a C. Yeah, yeah. I'd go see see again. Um, um, Taylor two halves really, and I don't think it was like it was any. I don't think the the good spell was particularly down to Thompson himself. It's more just him just freeing the players. And likewise, mm. I don't think the bad spell was down to Thompson himself. It was, you know, just just what, what happened. That that bad spell seemed to go really quickly I mean you know you, you talk about losing seven games in a row but for me personally it didn't feel like that just because of the sort of velocity of the games and they were coming so frequently before you knew it that it month where we had felt me, like that when you were there mate I tell you really <laughs> but when you're watching from the comfort of your living room when I follow it's quite easy just to switch it off and forget about it you know what I mean avoid Twitter for the rest of the night and, and you're good but if um, only if only um, I could avoid Twitter <laughs> oh yeah well I, I had to um I had to mute hashtag DCFC um on on that final day because I just you know the celebrations and like Colin Kazim Richards doing the bounce chant with them it, yeah I just couldn't see it on my timeline because it it wasn't jealousy it was just embarrassment for them you know yeah. um, that's what you say imagine if Wednesday had stayed up. <laughs> well, <laughs> mate if Wednesday had stayed up that day my my journalistic integrity was going straight out the window. <laughs> Well, um, I mean, you talked there about your celebrations. Um, one question, you know, it, there's not going to be many answers to choose from here, but um, what is your favourite moment covering the club? Because I feel like, yeah, yeah. That, the, I don't have to think about it because there is no other day. That's literally yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was that's it for me. That that game, I wasn't at, I wasn't at the Cardiff opening day game. Um, the Cardiff 5-0 was quite fun because it was literally just me and Alex looking at each other going, surely not. No. <laughs> if you remember, I wasn't there, so I wasn't at Bournemouth. Oh, no, sorry, yeah. It, yeah, you weren't You weren't there, yeah. You weren't there for that one. Um, it was, obviously, I think it was Dom I was sat next to. But, yeah, it was, that one, the Cardiff game was literally just like, is this really happening? Like, we've been awful for so long. Where's this come from? 
But yeah, Bournemouth, yeah. Bournemouth, just the nature of it, um, and also the fact you can hear me celebrating on camera, which is quite embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alex. Well, yeah, like Joe says, the two standout matches of the season. I was sat in my front room, sort of miles from it. Uh, I don't know whether I'm a jinx or whatever. Um, yeah, Joe brought it up. The first day of the season, like sunny day down in Cardiff. I, I'd stayed over. My uncle lives down there, so stayed over Saturday night and had a few beers. And it was like there was a genuine sense of it was still twelve points at that at that stage, but there was a genuine mm-hmm. sense of right. So it's nine points now, and you know there the, the might be all right here. You know, think things were moving. There were still players to be added, um, and it was all downhill from there. <laughs> Well, Quest, Quest. I remember watching Quest that night because you're a classic fan that doesn't watch Quest unless we win. Because what's the point <laughs> of watching the highlights? Yeah. Well, Colin Murray was speaking about you know could they get playoffs? <laughs> you look, you look back now and you're thinking oh. we jumped the gun so much there. It is very sad that Alex's best moment of the season was literally the first day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't, I can't think of anything else. Um... Yeah, that that was probably it for me. You actually thinking about you actually missed a fair few wins this season, didn't you? Like in general, like not even like good wins. You missed quite a lot of wins, period. Yeah, and there weren't that many wins. It was <laughs> right. Um How many times do you think you saw him win this season? We only won ten. <laughs> Eleven. I I'd I'd have to have a count back, but bearing in mind the home form I if if I've seen more than five wins, I'd be surprised. It's it's been like, and, and bearing in mind when Dom left and I was on the star on my own from like February last year, mm. it's been pretty miserable in terms yeah. of results. The best job in the world, and you know, <laughs> but yeah, it was. Yeah. It was yeah. And I well, I I feel like I should point this out. And this is, I thought it was just me being sort of nesh about it because I've come back from South Africa, mm. but I've spoken to a lot of people. It's been absolutely Baltic all year. <laughs> Literally, yeah. from yeah. The, the first game yeah, I went to at home against QPR, I have been cold at every single football match I have attended, and I'm I, mm. I'm not a fan of it, not a fan at all. <laughs> well, you, you, like, well, th- this May, like this time last year, oh, it, it was well nice. Yeah, Mediterranean. Yeah. yeah, Alex, Alex was away at um, was it Swansea? When well, in terms of the heat. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was in. I was basically in hot pants and. A, <laughs> well, I've, I've heard people like journalists at football games starting to get these sort of heated gillets. Have you, have you thought McCarthy about the video gillet? Sheffield? Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's, a, he's a machine. He, he comes up, you just want to give him an hug. <laughs> <laughs> um, sort of, we've broken up the sort of coaches, so yeah. we'll, we'll finish on our final two grades and then. Can get a bit more into the more general chat to, to round it off, but um, Darren Moore, I think this is probably the most interesting grade we're going to give out. So, um, Alex, how do you think Darren did? Um, it's really, really difficult to put one on it. I, I'd probably say a middle of the road C. Mm. You know, the, the, the signs are good and all the rest of it, but ultimately, he didn't manage to inspire the sort of new manager bounce that. The, the the run that, that Tomo had when he came in, for example, that would have kept Wednesday up. 
you look at there's been a lot of comparing to Lee Boyer and they're completely different circumstances. So I, th- I think that's unfair. But ultimately, other managers were able to come in. It's a myth, by the way, that the new manager bounce thing. More often than not, there's there's not, you know, statistically the chances of, mm. of a manager coming in and things improving straight away. The, the numbers just aren't there. But yeah, ultimately, you know, he came in with a very, very, very difficult job to do, and he didn't manage to do it. Um, but you know, whatever hand he has had in playing in the released list, I think is positive. Um, yeah, pro- C plus. Yeah, I'm going to be speaking to him in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I'd go, I'd go the same, and I think to be honest, you've also got a factor in the fact that he was in hospital. You know, like he was, yeah. he, he had pneumonia, he had blood clots on his lungs, he missed a lot of training, he missed a lot of games, and I think, you know, it's almost, almost unfair to give him any kind of mark. You know, mm. based on the actual amount of games he got to oversee. But it is worth pointing out, I think, and me and Alex have spoken about it a lot, the style of football changed drastically when he came in. And yeah. if you compare the chances created, the shots, all the sort of attacking stats that you want to look at, they all improve under Darren Moore. Um, and that is a big, big deal. For a team that have been grim to watch for a lot of the season, under, under Darren... The, the seem to be more of an attacking impetus there, and that's no coincidence. You know, there's there, there is no luck involved there, and um, that's down to the work that Darren and and Jamie and, and and Paul Williams have done. So yeah, I think I'll go sort of if we're going the pluses or minuses, maybe a B minus, C plus, somewhere along those lines. But I, I, as Alex said, the results ultimately weren't enough, but it's um it would be difficult to lay too much blame at, at Darren's door because. As far as I'm concerned, Wednesday were rather get by the time that he came in anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, touch on that. Like you say, when when I saw you at Wednesday appointed him, it was the feeling of well, he might keep them up, but he probably won't. And if they don't, he's a good manager for League One, and that's sort of the the view I saw is, you know, for a League One rebuild, he's sort of the perfect man you need. Um, but no, like you say, in terms of his actual, you know, time at the end of the season, it's. He came in at a hard position, like I say, then he then became ill and obviously wouldn't have been able to spend the time he wanted with the squad, missing matches, etc. You know, it all went against him really. And to still, you know, bring it right down to the last minute, it's uh, I think it was a pretty decent effort, so I think I'd give him a B. Yeah, Dad. Uh yeah, um C plus, B minus. Just uh did obviously didn't achieve his aims but um, everything else he did in terms of changing the style, the culture, the optimism, um, you know, very much promising signs. Yeah, right. This is probably, I, you lads don't have to say too much on this because I know that you have to speak to him or at least want to speak to him in the future. But Tej von Chansiri, um, what, I don't know how we're going to do this in a diplomatic way. Um but but Joe and Alex, what what do you make of Chan Series sort of reign this season? Uh, they were relegated by more than the points deduction. So if if we're going to point the finger anywhere, you know the the finger first goes to Stefan Chan Series, I think. Um, mm. And I think in you know that that's bore out. Look, you, if we, if we're going to give him a grade. 
he'd have to be an F. You know that that ultimately the the book stops with him. He's um, he said that himself. You know that that it's his name above the door. Um, and if you're looking for a pure statistical thing, like I say, Sheffield Wednesday were relegated by less than six points. The I, I've written in a couple of pieces. I think they can feel unlucky from the first independent commission that um, that gave them a twelve point. Uh, deduction because ultimately they spent that transfer window trying to sign players who ultimately would were going to be signing for a League One club in a year's time. Six points, they're in a relegation battle, but you're looking them and and so I think that they were very unlucky there because the transfer window had closed by the time that that had been halved. There, there's so many sort of caveats to it, but um, yeah, I th- I th- I th- I th- I'm not sure whether Dave Fontanciere would argue with that grade. You know, I, I think. As I say, he, he said that it's his name above the door. He's responsible for what happens at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, and the, the running of the club at the time that they were trying to sidestep FFP, you know, whatever, however you want to phrase it, you know, they didn't do it in a sophisticated enough way. Despite very, very generous um, winks and nudges from the EFL, you know, lads, you need to sort this out. And it, it didn't happen. You know, all this sort of stuff. Um so yeah, that, I, I don't think many people could could argue that, including the man himself, who, as I say, has, uh, has said a number of times it's his name above the door and he's responsible for what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of echo that. I think that you know, there's there's nothing, nothing really more to add with that. I, I think you know, one thing with with the chairman, he's been asked when we've been in press conferences, you know, about what he would say to people who say Wednesday in a worse position now than when he took over and he's always said he didn't think they were but now categorically they are you know you, you look at the league position by definition they are in a worse position now than, than when he took over and um you know it's a it's a massive year this now whether it comes when it comes down to you know ticket prices you know work that goes on in terms of rebuilding that um that connection with the with the fans and the and the team again uh the chairman's got a big role to play in that, and uh, Alex did a great piece on sort of how Benkies at, um, at Blackburn sort of managed to fix things, and hopefully the the Wednesday situation is salvageable because um, I, I generally do believe that his heart is in the right place um, in terms of for, on a very sort of core level that he he wants the best for Sheffield Wednesday Football Club. There are things that have happened that have been completely against that that have gone actively against the club but I don't think any of it has been malicious and I really do think he wants the he wants the best for the club yeah well yeah I'd echo what Joe said in that you know there's some managers who blatantly just don't care about the club they're in it for the money and that that's it and I don't think Chancery is one of those you know I think he does care he just just hasn't got it right um and whether that's you know through transfers or whatever you know managers it, it's hard to say but yeah like if we were giving him a grade you know i'd have to agree with alex in that it's an f because ultimately i think it the finger does point him yeah yeah i can't really add much to be honest that hasn't already been said um yeah perhaps the most press issue now is the wages um i mean have have they been paid yet Alex or Joe, as in you were, we or we don't, we don't know. know. Yeah, we. I always say to people that the 
the guys are whether it's players, whether it's agents, whoever, very quick to go to the media when they don't get paid. Not so much when yeah. they do get paid. So we're, I'm we're not entirely sure. That, I'm right thinking that uh, this could be complete utter bullshit, but I'm pretty sure I saw that after 12 weeks, if they don't get paid, are they allowed to walk out of the contracts? Uh, something along that. I'd have to check the exact bits on it, but there is something along those lines. Yeah. Um, it's, that's sort of basic, not basic, but that, yeah. that's just employment law rather than a footballer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think my understanding is there are at least some issues with with the payment situation. Um, that would top off the season quite, quite uh, some way. Uh, or just uh, everybody leaving. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> the, the, no. I think if. Um, the club have been, or rather, Chancery has been transparent throughout on this. You know, he has said we've got cash flow issues. There are going to be problems. Other clubs have had these problems as well. Yeah, and they haven't been as widely publicised as as the has been the case at Wednesday. But um, yeah, it, it's a difficult position when the, there's basically one source that's bankrolling a football club, vast sums of money, and then something like the the pandemic kicks in and so I, I, I do have sympathy actually you know a great deal of sympathy really for where they are it's it the frustration is that after it's happened so many times yeah they're at the point now where they're approaching players and that they need they need to get it sorted one way or another um so that's where the frustration is but like i said i do have um a, a bit of sympathy for the club at that point yeah definitely yeah. um yeah i think We've, we've sort of covered it off Wednesday. Um, it's been as light-hearted and upbeat as it possibly could be. Um, so just the final thought before we wrap it up. So wrapping up because obviously conscious of the time. Um, you know, new season, new destinations for the both of you. Um, you know, not perhaps the more glamorous stadiums you were hoping for, but certainly got a bit more character. So, what's the you know the ground you're most excited to visit? What's the ground you're least excited to visit? And um, when we've had you on individually, we've asked about press foods. So, is there any sort of press food you've heard whispers about being especially good, or you know especially bad? Alex, you can go first on this because the the press food I've never never even had any. <laughs> I'd like to think I I have got a PhD in football ground <laughs> press food, so I'm. Uh, no, I haven't heard any whispers. I think the the uh, the Doncaster Rovers writer that we he, he did say that there was something around the around the corner. I think maybe Ipswich. There's like some sort of Pan Asian gig going on down there. That oh. I, to get I think I think I think Liam also said that they do a good curry at Sunderland. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think he said that. Yeah. I, I'm basically on the back of that. I'm delighted that Sheffield Wednesday got relegated. No. Um, <laughs> I think in terms of my, I, I think the the very fact that Sheffield Wednesday in League One means there'll be a lot of matches moved around for Telly. Mm. Um, I would bet a healthy wager that Sheffield Wednesday will be away at Portsmouth on a Friday night. And yeah, that's, that's one that I'm looking because it's not even one you go, oh, I get the weekend because ultimately you've got to travel back on a Saturday. So. I've done, I've done a lot of whinging on this podcast. I've got the best. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I am looking forward to that. There's, having watched Bradford City at a few grounds, there's not actually that many new grounds as I was, I was hoping when I was having a look. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 
think when when the dust settles, there will be sort of a. It, it's easier to heal in a division that you're more likely to win more games in ultimately. And if you are going to do a big rebuild, rebuild, doing that in the championship would have been a nightmare because the, you yeah. know the, it's very difficult to do. So you know whether Wednesday can put together a promotion push or not, I don't know. I think history sort of tells you that's that's quite rare. You know everyone's looking at whole city at the minute, but. They're the outliers, really. These big clubs that come down from the championship, um, it can take a season or two or three or four or, you know, and unfortunately longer than that. So, and take uh, six if you're Sheffield United. Um, yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to stick the knife in there. They're doing all right. And um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I, yeah, I think Sunderland's probably the one that we're all looking at. It's a new ground for me. Uh, yeah. And that'll be like old times, that one, I think. Yeah. Joe? Yeah, same same in terms of looking forward to definitely Sunderland. I haven't done Stadium of Light, so that's sort of top of my list to, to get to. I think Plymouth away is going to be a long trip. You can do that. Away day, that. Seriously. Yeah, you, you, yeah. If, we're on, if we're still on one writer per away game, uh, <laughs> you can have Plymouth, mate. That's all yours. Thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> I, yeah. I did Exeter last year, so I've got cash in the bank. Oh. To be fair, that that was one hundred percent the worst away trip of, of this past season. <laughs> yeah, purely not even because of how far it was. It it was just the most awkward place to get to, wasn't it? It was a nightmare. Fish <laughs> got sealed on the goal, though, so that, that made a little bit worth it. It just morphed into Zinedine Zidane for half an hour, didn't it? That was <laughs> magical. That. Uh, I think yeah, they're they're probably the two for me. Um, there could be, there is the, there is the potential. Um, if I'm, if I'm going purely on a, um, on, on a, I suppose touristy level, there's a few quite nice little places in League One. You know, like go and do some sightseeing and that. Go visit a few, uh, few old buildings and that. Yeah, yeah. Take some pictures on my Instagram. Oh, no, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. I'm going. It's only because Joe's talking about like seeing cultural buildings and stuff. I'm going the old hog the other way. <laughs> I've been being on a couple of cricket tours and a stag do to Blackpool. It's Blackpool's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Blackpool's you, quality. You know, Alex, Alex, for Blackpool, we're both going, even if only one of us allowed in the game, we're both going out in Blackpool. <laughs> There's an indie bar called the Manchester that I, I can just imagine about 5,000 Wednesday nights in and, and yeah, we're bouncing. In fact, I can't believe yeah, no I mean, one's mentioned Accrington yet. Accrington, that's, oh, that's about as good as a way day it gets. Yeah, that, that's that's about thirty minutes from my. That, that's closer to me than than Sheffield is. So yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean yeah, we I mean... are talking to obviously Barnsley fans who you know ha, have experienced some, some league on away days and by all accounts don't knock they it. Quite league good. one's better than the championship. Well, yeah. I'm sorry, it just is. I mean <laughs> the away days in League One are genuinely brilliant. You're gonna go to Gillingham. That's the main stand propped up by scaffolding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's it's sensational. It um, is. It really is. But I, I was I was most disappointed when uh, when Forest Green got knocked out by Newport in that last minute because the prospects of sausage rolls at Forest Green away, <laughs> you know, there was a lot of promise there. I might just go there anyway. Just go there anyway. Because Dale Vince, what, what's his name? Is it Vince Dale or Dale Vince? Dale. It's Dale Vince. Dale, Dale Vince. Vince. Well, he's, he's, like, he's like the owner version of Gareth Ainsworth, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, in one game that was to be fair, that was yeah. that was some game. The whole the whole playoffs to be fair, there wasn't one disappointing game. Yeah, we're not going to talk about a 
Yeah. Anyway, they don't, um... need to, they don't need to feel these guys can go to the Barnsley stuff, honestly. If they talk about me moaning, should have seen these two when Barnsley got knocked out by Swansea. Some of the stuff they were saying about the Swansea players cheating, it, it was, it was quite comical. Don't get started on it, it'll wind me up again. But I've it's... just got over it. Yeah. Um, finally, so, well, I know we've not got the biggest audience, but we'll let you both plug a couple of things. Um, we'll let you plug first, Alex. How's, how's the book release doing? Uh, yeah, it's going really well, Tom. I, I'd, I'd, be so. fair, I'm, I'd be surprised if it wouldn't, because I'll never stop going on about it on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been really, really chuffed with the reaction. Um... And yeah, we sold out in a couple. We sold out on Amazon on the first day, and some really encouraging signs. And, and yeah, like I say, the reaction to it has been really generous. You work on something like that for the best part of the year, and you get so nervous about yeah, you know, just like a, a Twitter backlash of you got this wrong, you got that wrong, and all the rest of it. And, and thankfully, that's that's not happened, and and people seem to be enjoying it, which is the main thing. So uh, yeah, check me out on Twitter. I'm doing signed copies at the minute. Fifteen <laughs> absolute bargain. Father's Day come up. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll do you some offers if you want to buy in bulk. We'll do like a Costco thing going on. Right oh dear. I um, just like in... the idea of your house just full of full of books. There's <laughs> copies of it everywhere. You go, you go, but my fiance tripped over a box of, of copies of 91. So I need to get rid of them. And Joe. I'm just going to plug my Twitter account because I am not as cultured and I don't write books like Alex does. Which, <laughs> by the way, I have finished the book. It is genuinely really good. There's a page towards the back where he thanks a colleague, which is, which is brilliant. He's got it on hand and everything. Really, really well worded. Um, I, yeah, I'm just going to plug my Twitter account, which is Yes We Cran on Twitter, um, which over the next few months you will see um, a few transfer rumours, some one-tweet film reviews, um, and, and probably just me moaning about no football being on until England win the Euros and then it'll be great brilliant yeah good stuff um once again lads thank you for coming on um we really enjoyed doing the first episodes with you and I'd argue maybe it's even better um as I've got to revel in the pain of Sheffield Wednesday um as always you can find us on Twitter at floodlightpod if you're listening on YouTube please subscribe and like the video we're on Spotify and Apple now as well so do follow us on there and we'll catch you in the next podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. Cheers.